Fantasy Focus Football is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico and see all the ways that you can save. Welcome in Wednesday, June 14th. And we got a busy show, like a lot of news, which has not really been the case yeah. over the past few weeks. We're going to dive into the weird situation brewing right now in Buffalo involving Stefan Diggs. We're talking about DeAndre Hopkins, who probably as of this moment on a plane to New England. He's obviously made another visit. We'll talk about that as well. Plus some running backs that have a noble cause that they are trying to fight for. It just may not be worth the fight. And, of course, Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook. But before we get to that, Daniel and Stefania, yeah. football officially around the corner. You could smell it in the air this morning, mm-hmm. could you not? You know yeah. why? Hockey, basketball season's officially over. Done. Congrats to both the Nuggets oh my gosh. and the Golden Knights. First-time champions in their respective sports. Yeah. Electric. I want to be Nicole Jokic when I grow up. Is that Me possible? Too. <laughs> Me too. That was so much fun. And I loved watching his brother sell it, like his family and everything. Oh. Like it was incredible being able to watch the Jokic Well, family. they all celebrated in the way that he didn't. He was like, yeah. okay, I'm ready to go home. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, he made he that so clear. <laughs> the most humble superstar ever. I want to do two things with the Jokic brothers. Either A, hire them as security if I ever get in trouble. Oh, or B, definitely. I want to go on one bachelor party with them. Just one. Because oh, wow. I don't know that I'll last till the end of that bachelor's party because those guys go hard. It looks like yeah. it. As hard as Nicole Jokic goes in the paint, his brothers go hard like they go hard in life you can tell that much they are down for the cause of the denver nuggets and the golden knights how about that they weren't even a team like seven years ago let's talk about the fact that jack eichel Mm. got the artificial disc replacement surgery couldn't get in buffalo the knights agreed to it he goes down there turn right and he's a star for them they go and they win their first stanley yeah no surprise from massachusetts we produce of course superstar athletes except for like in football for the most part but lots of hockey (laughs) players come from the great state of massachusetts does that count yeah, of course. Yeah. Duh. I, I said greatness. Stefania Bell. Definition <laughs> of greatness. Great That's right. That's right. Sure uh, did you? What sports did you play in school? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk show. about that. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Really? We have to wait. I was okay. better at, at baseball than I ever was at football, even though I don't do baseball anymore. Well, did you play baseball as a kid? I did a lot did. of individual stuff, so you know, I don't want to. Sure. Go, track and field and dance and all those yeah. things. Chess. A lot of I chess guess, stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> not. Chess. No, no chess. No, no, I'm not. Equ- I, I don't Gambit. know how to play chess. It's something I need to learn. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know. Two I seconds know. from football, I, I promise you. But the smartest person at this company, maybe <laughs> no. the smartest person I know, doesn't know how to play chess. I need to learn. This is uh, yeah, poker. I finally found something like I need, I need to, to play learn. you once because after one game, you'll pick it up so I can say that I'm better than Stefania. Yeah, one thing. Something. Yes. One thing. All right. So chess. you don't know poker either, Stefania. We got to just come over to your house and watch rounders and just and be able to <laughs> figure out how to play rounders. Rounders. Please tell me you've seen rounders. I haven't seen rounders. Stefania! Oh, my gosh. What? <laughs> I have Rounders? Seen... No. Rounders. Oh, Top my gosh. Four movie of all time? Maybe. Wow. You and Kyle finally have something in common. <laughs> no, you're talking about being bored in Boston. Rounders. Uh, that was like the breakthrough for goodness. our Boston brethren. Okay, okay. I got things to do. Homework. Before, yeah, uh, you got home before next week. All right. So people, so I'm sure, are mad. They're probably saying, talk about football, will you? We'll talk about football. <laughs> and uh, so last week, so we're doing a show once a week now, which is great because yep. uh, obviously the tempo of the news is generally speaking a little quieter this time of the year. It's not so great when you realize that like the big news of the week takes place like right after the show. Last week, and that was the case, as the Vikings officially on Friday released Dalvin Cook, which will lead us down a Dalvin Cook situation. We're going to give our favorite fits for Dalvin Cook in just a moment. As of right now, and it is 104 Eastern on uh, June 14th, he does not have a team. Could change at any moment as he is eligible to sign elsewhere. But what we do know is that Alexander Madison 
takes over as the number one running back in Minnesota. So I wanted to share a few thoughts. Would certainly love you guys to either take me to task on them or perhaps agree because I feel like since the Dalvin Cook news broke, there's been a lot of people with some scattered thoughts on Alexander Madison. I'm going to keep it a little bit simpler than that because Alexander Madison, who entered the NFL as a third-round pick out of Boise State, has played for four seasons now, got re-signed to a two-year contract worth $7 million for the Vikings. Not a massive commitment, but still a team that already had Dalvin Cook under contract, very tight up against the salary cap all offseason. That's why mm-hmm. they've moved on from a bunch of other players, Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen amongst them. That's why they moved to keep Alexander Madison. This team believes in Madison. As a matter of fact, their head coach has stated multiple times how much of a fan he is of Alexander Madison. Right now, Alexander Madison is the guy in a backfield that he has a very, very, very good chance to rush the football. I don't know. 250 times this year. If you look back at Dalvin Cook last year, the role that he vacated, he was sixth in the NFL in rushing attempts last year. So it's a big void that is created by Dalvin Cook's departure. Alexander Madison seems like a pretty reasonable bet to handle the football somewhere between 15, 18, maybe even 20 times per game with some passing game involvement. The Vikings relative to the NFL don't throw the ball a ton to their backs, but Dalvin Cook still had 39 catches last year. That's a reasonable number if alexander madison ends up being somewhere between like 80 to 90 percent of dalvin cook he'll return value as a solid rb2 i don't think this needs to be overthought that much and i feel like people have had much more scattered thoughts on alexander madison who's a good player in a very good role now in a great offense by the way and i think that the fact that he stepped in when dalvin cook was hurt and he essentially uh, that was about as plug and play as you get in the NFL because he produced very numbers? similar numbers. Yeah, please yeah. go Here ahead. Go. Right Here's on the cue. Four starts in 2021. Uh, Cook, for the first time in his career, played every game last season. Before you tell me this, I'm aware different head coach, different GM. I get it. But in four games in 2021, Alexander Madison started in place of Dalvin Cook. 26 carries, 112 yards, plus six catches for 59 yards. Wow. Love that. 25 carries for 113 yards, plus seven catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. Wow. 22 carries, 90 yards, one touchdown, three catches, 34 yards. Here was the bad game. 13 rushes, 41 yards, one touchdown, three catches, 29 yards. Still in the end zone. Like if you, if by, you, the if, way, if, yeah. by the way, if, if you had a blind passes. resume and right. said, like, would you take that? You'd say, heck yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I get it. It's different circumstances. I think there is some risk in Alexander Madison because we don't know if he is a great player. But that risk is why we have him at like running back 17 or running back Thank 19, you. not right. running back nine. Right. Exactly. If he was Dalvin Cook as in terms of player pedigree and caliber, right. we'd be talking about him as a low-end RB1. So we have him as a low-end RB2. So I felt like things kind of spiraled a little bit after Dalvin Cook got released. And yet I keep coming back to the idea that we tell you all the time that fantasy football is about talent and opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think he is a pretty talented player with a really good opportunity and it's hard to find too many running backs that in what early June all of a sudden go from late round flyer slash insurance policy at best to pretty reasonable low end RB2 in my estimation. Yeah, the only thing the only question mark is what happens with the increased volume of work because you're yeah. going to presume that this is going to be an increase for him on a consistent basis. Does he hold up seasons a week longer? He was wonderful when he stepped in in place of Dalvin Cook last year, but it's a shared role so it's easy to come in and be that guy. Yeah. So that's that's the only question, but yeah. 
there's no reason to think that he can't. He's still young. I mean, he's been very productive. He already gave the stats, so. That small sample size, if we can extrapolate it over an entire season, if he does the things that we expect him to do this year, he probably won't be running back 19 for us next year. He would be closer to like a top 10 kind of a guy. Yeah. But we're baking in, like we've already said, some of that unknown because we just haven't seen it over a full season. He might not be as good as Dalvin Cook, by the way, but he is good enough in the Vikings' eyes right Mm -hmm. now. Yep to be the starter. Yep. And if you look at the other players on their roster at running back, they drafted last year, Ty Chandler. He finished his college career at North Carolina, was a good player there, fifth round pick. And then this year, Dwayne McBride, who was a kind of a draft crush for a lot of people in the draft Twitter space, but seventh round pick, right? So I mentioned that because while two years, 7 million bucks may not sound like a massive, massive investment in Alexander Madison, it's definitely the most significant investment they have in their running backs right now. And it feels like it's a fairly big, uh, I mean, not coming back to this, but that's a big investment based on how little money they have to go elsewhere that they're spending that money at the running back position when they already had Dalvin Cook. Okay, like, again, they had so Dalvin Cook, <laughs> Zadarius Smith, Adam Thielen, Eric Kendricks, Dalvin Tomlinson in free agency. All those guys are gone. You know yep. why? Because they didn't have the money to keep them, mm-hmm. right? And they, they did not add a ton, a ton this year. They... Uh, but they did keep Alexander Madison. So I, I kind of felt like, uh, despite the fact that there were a lot of people sort of all over the place on Alexander Madison, fairly straightforward. The names that are kind of ranked around him in the low-end RB2 carousel are players like Alvin Kamara, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders. Those are the kind of players that Other I think are marks. reasonable facsimiles for yeah. Alexander Madison going into drafts. Kamara, obviously the most talented of that group, but... We've got a major question yeah, mark right, surrounding his availability. So if he were not potentially subject to a suspension, we'd have him a lot lower. Let's talk dream spots for Dalvin <laughs> Cook. And we kind of wanted to thread the needle of like a place that will be really good for his fantasy value, but also feels somewhat realistic based off of early reporting. And also just like, I don't think a team, maybe I'm way off here, but like if you're Arizona and you're thinking towards 2024, What's the value in paying money for a running back right yeah, now? N- none. None, right? So we can cross off teams like that. So, Stefania, you're first up here. Who's the team that comes to mind for you for Dalvin <laughs> Cook? Well, it's Miami. And it's yep. certainly been a lot of chatter about Miami. Yeah, and obviously, yep. um, I love the idea of Mike McDaniel, like, you know, figuring out how he's going to now add this other element. For fantasy, you might think crowded backfield. Like, how is this possibly good for fantasy? But I have a couple thoughts. One is, if they bring in Dalvin Cook, he jumps right to the top. Does he not? Like, out of the gate, I think he, he likely jumps right to the roster. top. And so volume up front, I think, for Dalvin Cook, really, really good. Good payoff in fantasy. And again, you say, oh, well, they've got these great wide receivers. Well, that's going to stretch the defenses, and that creates potentially more lanes for Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Lighter boxes, easier for him to make plays. A stat that our uh, trusty researcher, Thirsty Kyle, mm. gave to me. Dalvin Cook, 5.4 yards per carry last season against light boxes. That's his best since taking over the backfield in 2019. Dolphins running backs averaged a league best 3.7 yards per carry before contact on the rush against light boxes. So mm. yeah. if you're looking for efficiency, that's a good place to potentially find it with Dalvin Cook. Those so, boxes were very light, it sounds. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. what you'd imagine would be the case when you've right. got Tyreek Hill. And I also, was just going to say, they didn't have exactly. a ton of running backs last year to, to like stuff the box. So I wonder how much that would change with Dalvin Cook. But I don't think no, a no, ton be because, yeah. you. I mean, look at your receivers. Jaylen like you, Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Jaylen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. worry about them. And yep. uh, who else did? They added somebody. Uh, they signed Chosen Anderson, Robbie oh, Anderson, oh, plus Cedric that. Wilson, who they have. But, <laughs> yep. you know, really just That's Tyreek right. Hill and Jalen Waddle is enough. Uh, any, any follow-up thoughts sure. there, Daniel, on, on Miami? Because <clears throat> I'm kind of two minds here. I So I don't I don't dislike Miami, but there's a, I'm, 
I'm interested to see if there's maybe a different spot or a better spot that he could go because I I would love to have him maybe I don't know. I kind of want to see him be involved a little bit more. And okay. I feel like in Miami, when we get in that situation, that offense is a passing offense and they want to run that. They obviously, they like the running backs that they have there, but there's nobody that's going to beat out Dalvin Cook. I guess the, the, the question I have for Miami is this. All right. So of all the teams that we were talking about, there's a chance that like if Dalvin Cook were the lead back and he were the guy unto himself, Miami is one of the best opportunities in the entire NFL because some of the things that Stefania said, they're just good on offense, right? They're yep. going to score a lot right. of points and they don't have a bell cow. What and I don't, that, but, but, but they have opportunity, but yeah. they do have like very solid players mm-hmm. in tow right now. So like what I wonder is like what happens, what becomes of Raheem Mostert mm-hmm. and Jeff Wilson Jr. And Devon A. Chain, who they just drafted. And I know this is, kind of a throwback, but like Miles Gaskin still on the roster, right? Like still yeah. breathing that Miami air. I, I don't so. think that number one, I, they're not all on the roster by the time that we roll around to the season. Yeah. They're probably um, to and some I think consolidation, I, but I do think Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. There's an allegiance there coming from San Francisco to join Mike McDaniel. And there was a reason that they wanted to be there. I think Raheem Mostert acknowledged, I mean, last year they didn't know what they were going to get right. Coming off that huge knee procedure and he did more than what they hoped for, but they had to balance. Remember that he was, banged up a little bit at times. Yeah. Dalvin Cook could be the solid number one for them and everyone else could be rotated. I guess, yeah, I just, I feel like those guys are all too good to play, uh, to not play, excuse me. Like, mm-hmm. I think that the, the two guys, the two veterans, Jeff Wilton Jr. and Raheem Mostert are too good and too well compensated, candidly, to yep. not play. They have to have a role. And I wonder how much that would chip away at Dalvin Cook. Um, and I don't think Dalvin wants to go somewhere where he is just merely part of a rotation, right? Like if he wants to go somewhere where he can be the guy, which I throw this in there. He's from Miami. Yes, he is. He has been posting stuff on the IG about how he, you know, a homecoming would make some sense. I think it's important to acknowledge that right now there probably is no place where Dalvin cook signs and immediately is going to be the guy right. totally by himself. There's only Correct. one place where that could have occurred. That was in Minnesota, which he just got cut. Right. From. I mean, he's going to be essentially most of the other spots. I think we could land. He's probably an RB two, meaning for his own team. For his own team? Yeah, not not in terms of fantasy. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, for his own team. Yeah, he is. And that, that to me, that's why I like, well, Miami, you know, it, it could be up and down. But I, I, I know there are other places that would love to have him because other places are getting smarter about we need to balance the workload between right. two running backs. And that seems to make sense in that offense. But I have a hard time finding other places where he would come in and be the number one. What do you think, Daniel? So it's across just, Miami after the list. Now. Just like you said. <laughs> out of 30 teams, right. Miami, Minnesota, no longer there. It's tough for me because, I, like you said, there doesn't feel like there's a perfect landing spot, but I would decided to go with Denver. Okay. All right. A lot of reporting there already mm-hmm. as well. Being in the AFC West, that's a really tough division. And one of the things coming, like the Denver Broncos struggled a ton last year, obviously. Russell Wilson did not look fantastic. They brought in Sean Payton to try to right the ship there in Denver. I think understanding coming back from the ACL and PCL that Javante Williams is, I don't care what Sean Payton says. I don't, the idea that he's like, yeah, he's going to be ready for training camp. He doesn't know. Like, I don't think Sean Payton knows any better than the rest of us. And so in that division with Russell Wilson needing to work out for this team to be able to take the next step, having a guy like Dalvin cook that they can count on full time until Javante Williams is fully healthy to be able to come back. And then they've got, I think a great one, two punch. No, Dalvin cook probably does not want that because he wants the room all to himself. But I think if you look at the Broncos and what they need based on their division in order to be able to take the next step, it'd be a really smart move for them from a football perspective. I was so excited about Samaj P right now. I know me so too. Stop I ruining that P. dream P. of mine for him at the start of the season. <laughs> well, but by the way though, so if they were to sign Dalvin cook and if you haven't listened to Stefania, 
Jazz's injury recap. Go to last week's show. It's mm-hmm. available on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast as well. She dove deep on all the major running back, uh, all the major injuries just in general in fantasy. But if they sign Dalvin Cook, if I'm somebody that rosters Javante Williams in Dynasty, my heart sinks a little bit. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I don't think you sign Dalvin Cook if you think Javante Williams is going to be ready and I'm not talking about week one, like, but if you think he's going to be ready by like two, three, four, I don't know what the push is for Dalvin Cook right now. I mean, he is Javante Williams, a really talented guy. And maybe, uh, and may- maybe the team's mindset is if we sign Dalvin Cook, even if Javante is going to be ready to return to the field early in the season, it signals to me there's no way he is going to be a heavy volume player this season. But they would have to like lighten the load on him. I want to ask you this, though, because Dalvin's not the only one that wants to go someplace and be like the guy. Yeah. You've got Ezekiel Elliott and Leonard Fournette and Kareem Hunt and a ton of free agent running backs. And I'm not saying they're all Dalvin Cook level. I think none of them are probably is a problem yeah. at this point. I think that's probably the league's view is that Dalvin's the only one of those four that you mentioned that the league still views as like he could be the lead guy. Yeah. Right. Like Zeke solid, like good at the goal line, good finisher, Leonard, Leonard Fournette, good like, in fantasy, caught 70, yeah, he's a some reliable pass catcher, but like, you know, that entire rushing offense in Tampa was a, was a disaster last season. So also just went through this in there. Dalvin had his shoulder repaired. So this was something that's better, caused yeah. him to miss time a little bit. So that's now taken care of. Yeah. He does want to get paid. So to me, this is sort of going to be this balancing act between who is willing to pay for the talent of Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, knowing that he's coming in to likely be a chess piece. I mean, no Not pun intended only, yeah. with my yeah, lack of chess knowledge, but I, know. I, I, th- I think it would be interesting. <laughs> it would be interesting. In you don't even what's the that. most dangerous piece on the board? <laughs> what's that? Like what's, uh, what's uh, like your go-to? Like when you're really, when, when you're just sensing checkmate is inevitable, like what piece are you playing? Do you know the pieces? Well, I know you know a couple of them, right? I, yeah, I know there's the bishop. Okay, that's okay. good. Yeah, the kings and the kings. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you For go. Someone has never played. That's like a lot more knowledge than most people. Have. The rooks. See, you made you like two thirds of the pieces right now. Chess. There's one that has what ten across the board. That's you know what that one is the one at the very the, you, in the front row. That's the pawns. Pawn. Pawn. Thank you. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 you knew that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. She I think you named. She calls much. those the mics. Did she? Did you name? I think you named them all, right? Knights, rooks, knights, rooks, bishops, pawns. Queens, King, Kings. Queen. Yeah, I think that's it. I got them all. Um, Why are you lying to us? Next we're going to discuss is what <laughs> moves they can make. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how many, how many <laughs> squares forward can a pawn move? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I get it. This Land is just such a unique circumstance for us to feel smart. I know. I never get to feel like this. We're going to do it. Take advantage of it. We're going to, by the time the end of the football season rolls around, I'm going to be knowledgeable in chess. Absolutely. You're going to be you're gonna grandmaster. Be like, you're literally Queen's Grand Gambit. Like the, the, the next season of Queen's Gambit is going to be you. That's right. It's going to be like, you know, the Hartford, Connecticut version. It's just going to be called Stefania's Gambit. They're yeah. not even going to like forget about it. Can any of the players get injured? Oh, no, no, I don't think so. They can so. die, but kind of brought back to life too. So I do want to ask you a question about something you've had, but I'll let you finish. Here's what I, you finish. what I started to say is that uh, I think, first of all, I'm not surprised nothing's happened right away because don't you think they kind of want to go dark after mini camps? Like, I don't think it's going to happen while this is all going on. And then there's going to be a lot of bargaining in the back end. And it also gets teams away from having to answer questions in front of media Hmm, that are attending camp. And why that makes Denver interesting is because all the chatter has been Javante Williams is going to be fine and we should expect him week one. But everybody's asking questions if you're bringing in Dalvin Cook right now. And I I, I thought that all along they would add somebody else behind Samaje P. Ryan because I never thought he was going to be able to take it on fully. Mm. And I still question, as you know, whether Javante would be able to contribute a great deal, at least early on. I 
do you think Denver cares? Real question. Mm. Let's say if they brought in Dalvin Cook, if they just thought maybe Javante needs a few weeks to get, you know, and then we don't have to push him. We could even start him on pup or whatever, uh, even though I think they're inclined not to. Um, but we can bring him along more slowly. Do you think they end up caring if they don't really utilize him as much on the back end? Like, do you do you think they would care? Like, hey, it's a bonus if we get healthy Javante for the back end of the season. But if we don't, we know we've got Samaje and Dalvin. I mean, I think 100% that's their mindset right yeah. now. That was what George Payton kind of signaled to me earlier this offseason. He's their GM when he said, like, we don't know when Javante is going to be ready. Yep. As a matter of fact, like, seeing how some running backs bounced back last year and in previous years as well, like, I think whatever you get out of Javante Williams in their minds could potentially be a bonus if they sign someone like right. Dalvin Cook. It's, hey, Dalvin's going to be the guy. Whatever we get from Javante is excellent, but he's a, he was drafted young. He's a 20-year-old rookie. He's got plenty of football ahead of him. He's only two. This would be his second, his third NFL season, mm -hmm. right? So, like, while running backs do have a shorter shelf life, you might be looking at Javante for the next three to four years as opposed to just this upcoming season. I'm going to pick a less sexy destination. Obviously, Denver and Miami have been reported as potential suitors for Dalvin Cook. Um, I think if the money were good enough, Dalvin Cook might already have a team. Uh, and so I, I think the fact that he doesn't have a team beyond what Stefania noted with not having to answer it, answer to it at mini camps, uh, I, I think the money is going to be harder to come by than he might have anticipated given his stature as a four-time Pro Bowl running back. Well, We'll talk about running backs and try to get paid more in a all right, second. All right, all right. I'll, I'll hold off. Sorry. Okay. Uh, but my, my team would be Dallas, and it's not sexy. It's not because I don't think that Tony Pollard's a really good player and not because I'm not excited about Tony Pollard this upcoming season. I have him as RB9 right now. But all offseason, Dallas has left the possibility open of adding another back. I mean, they, they talked about Zeke. They are still right. in the mix on Zeke. As a matter of fact, if I were a betting man, I think Zeke plays that's for the Cowboys yeah. next year. But and that's the only reason I did, because I would have picked Dallas over Miami probably as a best fantasy mm. landing spot hmm. if I didn't think Zeke was Yeah, there. so, but I think that part of the reason why Zeke hasn't signed anywhere is he's maybe looking for the best opportunity. I think part of the reason why Dallas maybe hasn't brought him back yet is not just Zeke and his own timetable, but like, if you're Dallas and you think there's a chance a guy like Dalvin Cook could spring free, maybe we'd rather wait it out. What's the like? They don't need Zeke in practice right, right now, right? right. They, he's been there for eight in years fact, or whatever. In they'd probably rather not. Yeah, yeah. Hey, just just get <laughs> re rest. get healthy, yeah. right? So let's think about the role here. We know Tony Pollard expected to be the guy more so than he was last season, but Dallas second in the NFL in rushing touchdowns last year. Now they've got Mike McCarthy calling plays in all off season. <laughs> Despite the fact that they've traded for Brandon Cooks and are going to get a healthier Michael Gallup back and have CeeDee Lamb, he keeps saying, I want to run the damn ball more. So there's a chance that Tony Pollard could thrive and that Dalvin Cook in Dallas could still be a top 25 play. As a matter of fact, last year, Zeke was RB21. So Tony Pollard was what he was, which is a top 10 back. Zeke was a top 21 back. Now he was very, very, very good at the goal line. But I think Dalvin Cook could provide some of that similar juice. So I think the the ceiling for Dalvin is lower in Dallas than it would be in either Miami or Denver because I don't think he'd be the guy. But the floor might be higher because you could count on two backs mm -hmm. having a real role every single week, where in Miami it could be four guys. In Denver it could be three guys if Javante Williams is healthy. I want to ask you this question, Field. I feel Dallas seems tough to me because they already have Tony Pollard. What's their cap situation looks like? Fine. It's they're, fine. They're, like I would say they're a team that – 
is not pressed up against it in a way that's going to prevent them from making a move that they believe that they want to win now. They want to win this year, right? I think they feel good about the possibility of adding another player at some position without impacting their long-term cap. Does that include a running back like Dalvin Cook, who has reportedly asked for 13 to $15 million a year? Uh, or something like that? Dalvin. Love you, buddy. You and me talking right, right now. This is what the I'm saying. Just the two of us. If that no, is that is that what they're reporting? Thirteen to fifteen million dollars? It ain't happening. Yeah. It ain't happening. As a matter of fact, if he gets half that amount, half six point five million, I would say bravo. That's an excellent contract for a guy who's a free agent on June fourteenth at running back. Right, like the the largest contract signed this offseason amongst running backs was Miles Sanders for six point two five million bucks per year. Wow! And that was when everybody had cap space and everybody had needs back in March, prior to the draft, prior to other players being cut or traded. So, um, I think the number is going to be modest here. Maybe I've totally misread the market, but just think about some of the players that were legitimately impactful for their teams last year who entered the running back market this offseason. How about Jarek McKinnon? who was unbelievable for the Chiefs, mm. who got like the veteran minimum. Remember a few years ago, and he ended up parlaying it into a bigger deal, but James Conner got like one year in the max of like $3 million from the Cardinals. It's tough times right now to be a running back. And I feel like, Daniel, you almost teed me up for our next topic here. Oh, did I? You did, because we've got two running backs that are currently franchise-tagged players. Mm-hmm. Neither has signed the franchise tag, which technically means they aren't under contract. If they were under contract and they skipped out of minicamp, they'd be subject to fines that are totaling up to about $100,000, which even if you're making 10 plus million dollars in a year, you don't want to give away 100K no matter what the reason is for. But both Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs have uh, decided to not attend their team's mandatory minicamps. And both of them have been public in different ways about sort of their feelings and their desires about the running back market. I thought Saquon Barkley was remarkably thoughtful talking about running backs and just the state of the position, how players are being not compensated. And the fact that a position that for many, many years was the glamor position in the NFL. I mean, I've been, I've been, I feel like this is like, he took what I've been saying and he was saying it from a personal point of view. Yeah. I mean, we think about they like the been great underpaid as a, as a, as a group, they are it, it just, they've just been devalued so much over the last few years, because I think the notion is another one's going to come along. We'll get a B. John Robinson out in the draft. The next guy will come along. We're not going to do these big second contracts because most of the guys don't pan out for that length of time. Yeah. It's just, we were talking about this before the show and we'll talk about it more in a second, but like, just how much guys can change at that position seemingly overnight. Yep. Todd Gurley went from the king of not just the NFL, but certainly fantasy football to out of the league a few years later. This was a stat, like this was a, just a fact, not even a stat that was, that was uttered before the show. And Kyle, make sure that this is still accurate unless it's changed in the past 25 minutes or whatever. But like, if you had to guess how old Todd Gurley is right now, I don't think you were here when we had this conversation. How old do you think he is? Trying to think of when I was talking about him because he was he was such a big story when he was being drafted because he was coming off an ACL injury yeah. into the NFL, and the question was how long was he you know how well could he do and then he exceeded what I think a lot of people thought would happen but as you mentioned sort of fell off a cliff quickly because of that knee. I'm gonna guess twenty eight. Twenty eight. Great He's guess by the way. Twenty eight years old. He's twenty eight. He's been out of the league for Thank two you. years. Yeah. Like he, at twenty six, the NFL deemed him 
not a player that, or, or maybe he decided he didn't want to play anymore. But I think if the money were right at 26 years old, you're probably motivated to be back out there on the field. Like the shelf life for running backs is so short. Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley don't need my advice about much in life. And they probably don't really care about my thoughts on the running back market, but I don't think it's going to change. A few years ago, Le'Veon Bell held out for an entire season. Yep. It was a move that, frankly, was noble for the running back position because he felt very strongly mm-hmm. that, the, that the the spot had been devalued. And Le'Veon's production was absurd for several years prior to that franchise tag. He ends up signing a deal, a big one, with the Jets, no question. He was cut a couple of years into the deal. And you know what's changed at the top of the running back market? Nothing. 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 We've seen an explosion of wide receiver money, right? Mm-hmm. Quarterback money continues to skyrocket. Defensive tackles are making Aaron Donald makes 30 million bucks a year as the highest paid. And maybe he's the greatest ever, but like Chris Jones, Deron Payne, all these defensive tackles offseason are going to make or have made 22, 23 million plus top end running back money was Christian McCaffrey at 16 million this is a few years ago. It, it, I mean, without, yeah, I'm sure I'll do it many, many times over, but without getting back on my soapbox about running backs, not getting paid what they deserve for what their contributions are to their team when they're healthy. And because you've got, everybody's on the same length of time of rookie year deal. And it's not fair because I think a lot of these guys in the trenches get better over time so they're able to get that money and running backs their window is so short as you mentioned that their peak value comes earlier than what those initial contracts are so you're basically putting them in a position to never get paid and this is where josh jacobs tweet is interesting to me and i don't have the exact language but he was basically saying some it's sometimes bigger than than you and i think that's where do you it, it feels to me like these guys who are highly visible in franchise tag positions are saying if we don't represent a cross like where we are we're peak of our career and this um people are just not going to notice it's just going to keep yeah, happening so i admire the nobility of like i'm not saying it's in something bigger than yourself effect. and so it's, i guess that's where i wanted to get to is yeah. that for people that play fantasy football and are wondering do we need to be worried about do we need to be worrying about this could we have Le'Veon situation, which, by the way, that went until this beginning of the right season. We thought the, he was yeah. going to play. Mm-hmm. We thought he would just report a week before the season began, and, and then he yeah, did not. He didn't. I don't think we need to worry about this because I just think that the downside for these players is so much worse than the upside. Mm-hmm. If you skip out, you don't get that money back. And a year from now, I don't think the market's going to be any more robust for you than it is right now. You're going to get a contract offer that, if I had to guess, is pretty similar to where things are right now with the Giants and the Raiders, respectively. But if you did want to do some planning, we just wanted to mention the names that are the backup running backs in New York and Vegas right now. (laughs) It's very thin in New York. (laughs) Eric Gray, their fifth-round pick out of Oklahoma, I think he started his career at Tennessee, uh, is probably the next man up for the Giants. Matt Breida played some good snaps for them last year, but... Mm -hmm. Brita, I don't think, I think we have enough evidence now that like much better in a small role than a full-time role as a backup. As for the Raiders, I think we kind of do know. Is that it behind Saquon? I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not a lot. (laughs) Gary Brightwell on the roster as well. My guess, guess is that if, if, and I'm calling this like a 1% chance, Saquon's not there. The Giants would address this position somehow, some way. They would, you know, the, we've talked about all the running backs that all are available. Yep. Uh, in Vegas, it might be a little bit more straightforward. I mean, Zamir White kind of felt like a, mm-hmm. 
possible thing last year. He was their fourth-round pick out of Georgia in 2022. I think he would step pretty much right in in that role in Las Vegas and be the next man up. But the big takeaway here is that I respect these guys. I think it's a bummer that running backs are paid not commensurate with the contributions that they make. I also, I think, am trying to be a realist here, and I think the reality is that neither of these players is going to get very far in the grand scheme if they think that sitting out themselves is going to further this running back market. I think the best move for them that they'll probably realize sooner than later, they might already realize it, to be honest, is to just play. I I will say this, though, and this is where I think Saquon's a little different than Josh Jacobs and maybe than everybody else, is this question sort of came to him when he was talking about the situation, uh, about the running back position being devalued. And he was quick to say, you know, I'm not necessarily across the board like all running backs. He's saying value us relative to what we contribute to our team. And Mm. he has a great point. Because how much was he leaned on? And he started talking about quarterbacks. And then he said, I'm not saying anything negative about Daniel Jones, so don't try and put that out there. But relative to different team situations, a running back such as himself, who's versatile in the passing game and the run game, proves he still has the talent, maybe helps out his offense more than a running back on another team. So he's saying, why are we... Um, kind of looking at it from the other side, which is why are you devaluing the position across the board when maybe some of us are actually generating a good percentage of the offense? Yeah. I, I would like to really quickly, I'll be very fast. No, There's a time. part about this that I feel like my brain is trying to, to make a shift because Stefania, when you talk about these running backs, not getting big second contracts, right? Because of the shelf life field, we've talked about how short that is. The idea of if you identify a guy in the draft and you can get him in the first round with that fifth-year option, you're locking up a 21-year-old kid for the best five years mm-hmm. of his career. And it makes it – I know the whole idea is don't draft a running back in the first round, but there's a part of me that's starting to shift that mentality because you're getting that guy locked up for what should be the the best years of his career at would be the lowest money of his career because that second contract is going to explode afterwards, I would think. So yeah. I'm just – Something to think about as I, as I we look at these running backs, because you can't say, hey, kids, go out and, and play wide receiver now, because in 10 years, by the time you make it to the league, who knows how things are going to be different, right? So I think the Falcons would agree with you as they took B. John Robinson eighth overall. It's a bummer. It's a bummer for running backs because, uh, as I mentioned, like when I was growing up, that sounds weird to say, but <laughs> yeah. you know, like I remember like the like the iconic Don't players of my youth beyond no 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 yeah. seriously like <laughs> but beyond the quarterbacks right like you know I grew up you know Dan Marino late in his career Peyton Manning guys of that ilk Brady of course etc. But like Marshall Falk was the scariest player mm-hmm. in the league when I was like hitting my football fandom right Roger Craig. Edger and James Edger yeah. James like yeah. those were the guys that teams were drafting fourth overall and then teams were reinvesting multiple times over in. Different world we live in in the NFL. Yep. Let's talk more running backs. And uh, so the Patriots waived James Robinson today is what? Wednesday. This was on Monday. And this was, I don't know if you have it in the yeah, aggregate. I just, it me makes just, me sad. Yeah, not, not surprising. Not surprising. I don't just know makes this. makes me sad. I could be wrong. But I said this at the beginning, and I usually defer to Stevanya every single time on injuries. But I said this at the beginning of the year last year. What the heck is he doing on the field eight months off of the Achilles tear playing a huge role in week one? Mm -hmm. Where's like pragmatic approach to injuries? Like they have Travis freaking ETN. Use that guy plenty instead. And I I know James Robinson did look good early in last season, but it was like we really think eight months is the appropriate amount of time for a guy to get right and get become himself. It ended up becoming a knee injury, but um, he's now a free agent. I think it's probably going to be tough for James Robinson to find 
a contract or a real role elsewhere, but uh, we'll keep an eye on his eventual landing spot. Doesn't but it, doesn't it feel like that's exactly what we were just talking about, though? Like running backs and short shelf lives, man. Daniel, it goes yes, from, that's it goes why from, it makes you sad for James bummer, Robinson, he, who was, was a star when, and it was, it was unexpected. Jewel, it was, was the yes. undrafted, undrafted yeah, right. out of and what, then he Northern comes Illinois, right. and it was and like the Jaguars playing a star right. for yeah. them, and then and then gets passed around. I just hate, I hate the, yeah, I hate the decline. Like so, that. it got us thinking. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, and I am programmed to think this way about the Patriots as it pertains to running backs, was that you know last year Ramondre Stevenson became the guy. It felt mm-hmm. much more due to necessity than it was by design, right? Like Damian Harris was in and out of the lineup because of injury, and their third and fourth string running backs were rookies and Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, and that you know the Patriots have had a lot of drafted running backs, but a lot of them have needed at least a year before they kind of got cooking within that offense. My mindset was... Last year was the royal flush outcome for Ramondre Stevenson. Caught a bunch of passes and played so many snaps. There's no way he's going to play that much this year. Now, here we are on June 14th. Mm-hmm. Have you guys looked at that Patriots depth chart beyond Ramondre yeah. Stevenson? Looks kind of like the uh, Giants depth chart behind Saquon Barkley. Yeah, field. kind of. I mean, I think, you know, we saw Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, I think, start a game last year. Like, they kind of co-started and they played well because... Unknowns, though. A lot of unknowns. That's unknown, what I mean. right? Yeah. And it's like, right now, for uh, I think this offseason... I because I felt like so many things went right for Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, playing as many snaps as he did, and eighty-six targets—that's a massive number for a running back last year. Third in the NFL behind just McCaffrey and Eckler for running backs. I figured there, there's—I was looking for reasons to kind of move him down a notch, thinking, thinking there was no way that he could have a repeat season. And it kind of feels like the stars have once again aligned for Ramondre Stevenson to totally mash in fantasy right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like. The, the comp- may, again, maybe the Patriots address that running back spot at some point later, like we were saying with the Giants. But right now it is Ramondre Stevenson, Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, and Ty Montgomery in that New England backfield. And it feels like you've got a one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. The one of these things being Ramondre Stevenson. And I think from that perspective, when looking at these running backs, you know, which one of them, if you were going to go out and I, it's June field, yeah. if you're going to go out and try and roster a Patriots running back that isn't Ramondre Stevenson. Do we have any idea which one of them we would want in this situation? I mean, Kevin Harris, I, I like both of them in the, in the small sample size that they had last year. But again, the point is it's so small. I have no yeah. idea how to project that for, for this year as like a full main, you know, backup to Ramondre. I believe you were still working on uh, first draft when we had Pierre strong uh, when he, his draft class, like yep. Mel and Todd love Pierre. Strong. Yes, they do. <laughs> and they, and they, and he was an awesome player in college. So I guess I lean there. And Kevin Harris was a good player too, but like, Fourth and sixth round picks. I just don't know. So Our part I is, think- I could, either one of them could just come out and I feel like become like put up a Jalen Gray line and like all of a sudden they're like you know a lot better than what we ever realized. Meanwhile, Ty Montgomery was the one that actually played before he got hurt last year. He got hurt in week one with Ty an Montgomery's ankle like injury. Thirty five years old. <laughs> and like, but for what have we long known the Patriots to covet in a running back as a guy that's good in the passing game? Ty Montgomery, a former receiver, by the way. Like yep. maybe he's the second running back in the Patriots backfield that we should be rostering right now, but. My bigger takeaway is that when you look at that tier of running backs that's sort of hovering right around RB10 overall, so back-end RB1, I think probably entering the offseason, I would have said, I don't know that Ramondre Stevenson's a lock to get back into that range. 
feel like it's pretty justified right yep. now. He's obviously a very, very talented player, and all of a sudden the circumstances are It'll awesome be really interesting. I'm just so intrigued by what's going to happen when everything goes dark. At the, you know, they get out of minicamp, like Leonard Fournette is still out there in yeah. the ether. You right. know, some of these guys are going to They're find sign, homes sure. with other teams, especially when they get to training camp and they need people to take reps and yep. they're going to want people to come in and i it's a game right i mean you used to work in front office so i'm sure there's a balancing act of like how long can we wait yeah. where we can kind of get the numbers down to something we're comfortable with spending but get them in and get them acclimated so they're ready to go for camp oh on top of that by the way you think leonard fournette or zeke has been missing otas yeah no way yeah. they're like sign me up like august 22nd give me like right. two weeks of practice and i'm good right they right. don't want to be in camp right they don't want to be in otas like i mean especially if you have a house that like you call your full-time home it's like i don't want to go if we got a family i don't want to be away from my kids for three months or something or right. whatever my significant other like i'd be happy you don't get paid anymore during otas people so um i think Do you like this region running back if not we're not projecting this but, but then, like yeah. if there was one of them that was going to sign you're like you know what let's go the patriots go out and grab one of these guys I think kind of any of those guys, to be honest with you, they really like, fit. Yeah, any any of them because because of Ramondre's skill set. Like if you need him to be a heavier pass catching back, you could go for the power offering. Right. If you needed him to be more of a power back, which he has, you could say let's let's find the guy that can catch a bunch of passes. Right. Green so, Hunt or, or Leonard Fournette. Yeah, both so I kind of think. I think any of them would make reasonable sense. I th I've i got my eyes on them as a team to potentially oh. add a running back. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, more Patriots talk in a different way in just a moment. But first, Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Oh, I need to, Field. Of course, you duh. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, plus add an easy-to-use mobile app. Available 24-hour roadside assistance and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Field, are you wearing ankle socks with your shoes? Uh, I am wearing, yeah, ankle socks. Is that a thing that most people do? Most people, like my socks always come up over my shoes. I wear um, them high. I think, it's, uh, I, most people do low. Summertime especially, I don't wear as many high socks. It's hot here now, and we don't get many great days, but you're it's right. what? You could e go with the wedge. I, I could have gone with the wedge, <laughs> Stefania. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> no fair. shows. I think the cool kids call I think the kids call them no, no shows. shows. You're right. So, yeah, no show socks. These are my Tatums, though. By I like them. They look yeah, nice. Love them. Thank you. Uh, Good shoes. For Tatum. Yeah. I also, I already said this earlier. I love your shirt. I love pocket shirts. We shirts decided with we're a having pocket a spirited square. conversation on pockets. We think shirts with pockets Do you are have good. pocket squared shirts, Stefania? I don't. You don't have any? I don't. Do you need some? I need more in my life. No, I've got I, a guy. I know. I want more of those QZs. Field has. For oh, yeah. yeah. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Back. By the time football rolls around, you say the word. we'll those. get some of those. Yeah. yeah. Rollback's like the best. Um, all right. So let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins here. And the Patriots, uh, it's again, I said he's probably on a plane yep. to New England right now, are hosting DeAndre Hopkins on a visit after the Titans had him over the weekend as well. There's no guarantee that DeAndre Hopkins signs with either of these teams. But uh, let's just do some first blush thoughts here on these two uh, franchises, adding DeAndre Hopkins. Dan, your thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins to the Titans. Would that one make sense? Would it be good for fantasy? Would it be bad for DeAndre Hopkins in fantasy? What are your thoughts? I would hate it. Really? It would be awful, I think. Why? Okay. I just don't. I don't. <clears throat> you guys can. You guys can tell me that I'm wrong here. I watched the Titans not use A.J. Brown over and over and over again. This guy that is a monster. And then he goes to Philadelphia and is exactly the guy that they thought he was going to be when they drafted. And they just didn't utilize him right. And has anything changed right now that makes me feel like they're going to use wide receivers in a different way? Oh, they... 
They got Will Levis. Okay, well, that makes me feel better. Between Ryan Tannehill and Will Levis going to, to like, I just, I don't like it. I don't want I him to go to Tennessee. I don't <clears throat> feel it. It's not where I want DeAndre Hopkins to be. I got to believe there's some lessons learned. Mike Rabel has made it sound like they're shifting up some things on the offense. And also their quarterback got destroyed with a high ankle injury that required surgery. And I think Ryan Tannehill is going to be looking for better outlets. And who better? And you need it. You want a guy who can go up and get it? That's DeAndre Hopkins. Why would you want to sign with that team, though? Um, like if so, I'm a wide receiver, well, honestly, I, I, like I my, want my guess. My guess right now for D Hop is that well, for, I think he would get targets because yeah. he would be wide receiver one, there. like yeah, AJ Brown right? targets because exactly. AJ Brown was wide receiver one too, and he was fifty no, third targets. Over. The, you could I, at least sell them on, hey, you're the clear cut guy here, right? So that part's good for Tennessee. Um, and Ryan Tannehill is a solid, not spectacular, but solid quarterback, right? Sure. You can sell him on that part as well. But the most important part that you could potentially sell him on is money, and I think. <laughs> based off of the fact that he's taking two visits to teams that I don't believe are Super Bowl contenders, that Agreed. the motivation is not simply the chance to win. I think the chance to make a lot of money, which, by the way, if I were an athlete and I had like a 10 or 12 or whatever year window, I'd be like, give me all the cash I can make, right? So he's I have no 31, issue. 31, right? Is that right? He's, I think he's going to be 31. Okay. So whatever. Not he's, that he's at the tail end of his career, but he's, he's getting to that point. I think my, my, my feeling has been like, if he, if he wanted to chase a ring, what I would do is I'd, I'd get one more big... Bite at the apple and then go exactly. chase. You're not, you're not, exactly. this and is not like, you, you know. can showcase too. I mean, you can showcase being the wide receiver one and all that. Like he hasn't been able to do that in Arizona lately because of all of their problems on offense. But is that he was still chase. awesome? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was still awesome. And I guess, so my thoughts on Tennessee is that like, it actually isn't a terrible fantasy landing spot mm -hmm. because of the fact that he would be like, to me, the most important criteria is, is he clear cut wide receiver one? And in Tennessee, he is, right? Like, there are spots that he could go to that I don't think are likely, right? But there are other teams he could go to, and it'd be like, like, people have mentioned Philly, right? They keep saying Philly, 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 Philly is like a dream landing spot because it would be the... For Nuke? To go for a yeah. final, like, the final, final piece. And I think to myself, he'd be, I mean, that team would be unstoppable. It'd be a right? Madden but football it'd be team. Like, <laughs> how, how do you rank him above yeah. AJ Smith, AJ Brown or Devontae Smith? I just right. combine them into one person. Right. Uh, right. So that, that one, like that's an example of a fit that I'd be like for real life. Awesome. For fantasy, not as awesome. Yeah. Um, I think Tennessee though, amongst the teams that have a wide receiver one opening, not every team does. Tennessee would be fairly low on the team that I like to see him go to for fantasy purposes because they still are the most run-heavy or the second most run-heavy offense in the NFL, Derrick Henry in the final year of his contract. And, Daniel, you made an astute point. It's Ryan Tannehill for now. If Tennessee is 2-5, and five, it's Will Levis' time sooner than later. Yep. And, well, <laughs> I think Will Levis is going to be a good player in the NFL. He is a rookie. Mm -hmm. And if, if they're 2-5, and five, it's probably that not just Ryan Tannehill is playing poorly, but a lot of things aren't going right right now for that offense. So I think that potentially the Patriots could be a fairly interesting option here I like for DeAndre more. Hopkins. Let's again, primary primary criteria for DeAndre Hopkins is will he be wide receiver one? Yes. In new England. Number two, <clears throat> I know that DeAndre Hopkins uh, and Bill O'Brien had a very frosty divorce <laughs> in at the end of their time in Houston when Bill O'Brien traded them to Arizona I don't know that Bill O'Brien and D I don't know that they're like, you know, BFFs now, but I do know that that relationship is not an impediment here. You can say whatever you want about how it ended between those two and what you think about Bill O'Brien. Just go back and look at the numbers. And I they get were, it. He yeah. was younger, but go back to DeAndre Hopkins 
and I know what your I know what the counter is going to be. He had to, he had Deshaun Watson. Not for all of that. Nope. As a matter of fact, if you go back, <clears throat> I was looking this looking at this this morning. I think it was 2015. <clears throat> there were uh, two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks on the roster in Houston. Two though that played the most. Savage, uh, this was I think right before the Savage era. DeAndre Hopkins had an absolute ridiculous season, over 1,500 receiving yards. The two quarterbacks on that roster. No, I. How about this? <laughs> Brian Hoyer and Brandon Whedon. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so don't Brandon tell me. Whedon. About Brandon Whedon. Wow. Do, do not <laughs> answer with <laughs> like, yes, he can go to New England and play for Bill O'Brien, but he doesn't have Deshaun Watson. I get that, but Mac Jones had a had a bad 2022. In 2021, we are all on the Mac Jones train. Like, this guy could be pretty good. Like, he'll probably never be Patrick Mahomes, but he can clearly be a good enough quarterback to help you win. They made the playoffs after all, right? Like, Mac Jones can spin it. And this offensive system brought DeAndre Hopkins to his greatest heights as a professional football player. So, I think if he ends up in New England, it's a pretty darn good fantasy landing spot. It's not Kansas City because... They've, they've been rumored, but it sounds like Kansas City would only do it if it's like on the bargain, that they go the bargain side. But as far as realistic landing spots right now, I think it's a pretty darn good one. Why is that with Kansas City? Can I, because like when I look the at Kansas City's wide receiver, is that what it is? It's just money. It's just, be I mean, money. like they, they've yeah. made, so they've made, if you, if you include Kadarius Tony as a, whatever you want to call him investment wise, they traded the third round pick, but he was a first round player three years ago. Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, and Rasheed Rice. Excuse me. <clears throat> and they give MBS second, and- second round picks in back to back to back years. Yep. Like Kansas City has this reality, which is that they're so good, they got to pay a lot of players. And, you know, they, they, they just traded away Tyreek Hill, right? Like they've proven that after trading away the guy who went on to be an all pro player in Miami, they still were number one in points per game, number one in total offense, number one in EPA, number one in efficiency. Like they don't need like this dominant wide receiver. They would love one, of course. They don't need one though to literally win the Super Bowl. So sure. if you're Kansas City, you've got to pay Chris Jones. You've got other players yeah. who are coming around the corner for big money. And oh, by the way, Patrick Mahomes is due for a new extension. Like, wow, he signed a ten-year deal. I thought. Yeah, because have you looked at where he ranks now? He's I, like the ninth highest-paid quarterback. Right. Is yeah. that is you? You just field. have a responsibility. Uh, you do. do. But then you why? Do. Why does it? Why sign? A, why even offer a ten-year deal if because you're just going to restructure yes. it? Yeah. That was part. That's, that's part of it as well. It it's, we know like <laughs> under no circumstances would Patrick Mahomes <laughs> ever. That's just how it play works. that deal start to finish as it was. It's just None. A, it was baked into the negotiation. Yeah. If we wanted to do a five-year deal, fine. That just ramps up the pressure sooner. The ten-year deal says we're in this together for the long, for the long haul, haul, but we're going to address this. Excuse me again. <clears throat> Whenever we need to, whether sure. that's two years, three years, five years into it, we will address it. And the time is coming if it hasn't come yet. Yeah. And you got to pay him more too. Well, so. yeah, with that, you don't have money to be able to go out. If DeAndre Hopkins yeah. really is looking to get paid, then, then then you're in a spot there where you're not able to go out and do that. I, I also think like this, this is so interesting to me, the Patriots and the Bill O'Brien reunion. You know, one of the big hangups I had often heard rumored was, you know, DeAndre doesn't practice a lot. He misses practice routinely yep. during the week. But he never failed to show up. Like he was a guy who did not miss games until the hamstring injury in Arizona, a couple other things which happen as you get older. He for a long time was you could, you know, take it to the bank that he was going to show up on Sunday and Work. deliver on Sunday. Yeah. Like not just show up but deliver. He if he goes to the Patriots, it's sort of understood within that system that 
this is what you are coming into. So I think a lot of that perceived, like where there could be a problem, that's going to be removed. Like that's, that's not even that part people, of it. Like it, to me, that's such a simple minded way to view things. You watch, you guys watch hard knocks last year, right? Of course. Three times. I mean, come on. Yeah. You think the vibe is the same in new England as it was yeah. in Arizona, exactly. right? Like you get, you, you do what is expected of you. And in new England, what's expected, it's like the heat, right? The heat don't just like take guys and just let them, lollygag through their seasons in Miami. They grind. That's the expectation. That's the culture. I guarantee you, if DeAndre Hopkins signs there, he knows, like, I don't get vet days off whenever I feel like it. That's not the standard, right? right. But there's going to be, if this happens, and we have, we've, we, we're we putting the cart before the horse here, there'll be some give and take. But I do think of the realistic landing spots mm-hmm. that have been reported, New England is a, like, I think he's a top 15 wide receiver if he lands there. And he helps Mac Jones out because of the style of wide receiver he is. Yeah. He oh, yeah. can catch anything. He will win contested catches. He's still got that ability even at 31 years old. Mac yeah. Jones was really hurt last year. I think him getting better, getting another season under his belt, Bill O'Brien coming yeah. in. An actual offense would be yeah. nice too, in right? Actual, but yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, so no, you no, put no, those together and you give him a receiver who could make him look even better when he, if he's like struck, you know, a lot of times he was running for his life, yeah. right? Or, or hobbling for his life for half the season. If he can put the ball up and know that he's going to have a DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins to go and get it, it could be a lovely Makes, combination. Yeah. Who else is Mac Jones? Mac Jones is throwing the football this year to Tyquan Thornton, Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster. Smith-Schuster Devontae Parker, Devontae Mike Isicki. Oh, Mike Isicki, that's right, Hunter they're, Henry. They're, right now, they're a strength in numbers offense. Mm-hmm. And yep. the question is whether a strength in numbers offense is good enough in the AFC East. I don't think it is. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is a shot of life into that offense. Absolutely. So, uh, we'll see what ends up happening there. I tend to think that probably the best offer wins here. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins to the Patriots, I think, would be superior fantasy landing spot than DeAndre Hopkins to the Titans. There's no way that, like you're saying, Stefania, that he would just be a no-show to all of the, you know, showing up and working hard and training camp and all that stuff if he, join, if he joins the Patriots. That is just the expectation. I don't think so. Unlike another wide receiver that we've heard of. Look you, Dan, you professional. That's right. <laughs> Stephon Diggs, who... Talk about a weird... What's going on here? It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, expository here. I don't, I don't have the answer, but I have some details. <laughs> I'm going to sit back and listen yeah, to this Yeah, I know. One. Let's hear. Tuesday, mandatory minicamp begins for the Buffalo Bills. As we mentioned earlier, you miss out on mandatory minicamp, you can be fined up to 100K. It's like 99400 bucks. Uh, Stephon Diggs was uh, at the facility Monday, at the facility Tuesday morning, and then when Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Bills, was asked about attendance for minicamp, he said, yeah, the only guy who's not here is Stephon. Follow-up was, that's interesting. Uh, Are you concerned? And he said, I'm very concerned. This is the head coach introducing this drama into the public universe, Yep. right? How often does a team invite this kind of drama? The answer is like, never, right? So, And Buffalo especially. Yes. They're just not a team that does that. Right. So the the implication in my estimation is, all right, this is is something. This Mm -hmm. is legitimate. This is not like, hey, he missed his flight or, hey, like, you know, whatever his he's got a you know, his his wife is expecting a child any minute soon. Like this felt like something real. Most of the time, when there's a mandatory minicamp absence, it's contract related. Right. They paid him last year. They paid him four years, ninety six million dollars. If you look at cash, and cash is king. That's good. He's making <laughs> the second good. most that's amongst good. all wide receivers <laughs> yeah. this year. I don't think that's about money. Maybe I'm wrong here. Then uh, his agent, Adisa Bakari, releases a statement to Shefty basically saying, like, he is going to be at minicamp for the entirety of it the rest of the way. The my, my read on it was like, so this is much ado about nothing? Is that sort of what you're trying to suggest? Which feels to me like it can't be the case because of the fact that Sean McDermott brought this up. Meanwhile, Josh Allen comes in a yep. few hours later. And basically, Josh Allen, the quarterback, puzzling. who, right. again, 
would be motivated to downplay this as much as possible, says, you know, there's some stuff we got to work through, talking about communication. Leadership. And I think leadership. he used the word leadership, and I was like, And I'm like, okay. wait, hold on. So and like, then he also said he could be better in this, and I thought, He's taking responsibility What's going it? on here? And, you know, he did say he, he, he bleeping loves Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. That's his guy. He made that much very clear. But two out of the three constituencies have made it clear. There's a problem here. What a weird. And then one person so templated. So um, I just wanted to t- take a couple minutes here and note that, like, it seems like the most likely conclusion is that they get this sorted out and that Stefan Diggs remains a bill for the long haul. Was he not there today? He's back, he's back there today practicing in mandatory minicamp. It doesn't mean that this is all over, but he is at least back, which is step one. I think this winds up with Stefan Diggs being happy in Buffalo. Oh, he's staying in Buffalo, right? They've got some stuff. They've got some family matters, so to speak. But in the event that Stefan Diggs were unhappy enough to the point that he said, trade me. <coughs> Detroit. It would be difficult. <laughs> it would be very difficult, my friends, because the Buffalo Bills would be taking on a dead money cap charge north of $31 million next Yikes. year. That's not happening. Next year, 2024. So it wouldn't be totally consequential for 2023. It would be painful, but not like, not undoable um, or not impossible. Um, it would be painful, though. So I still think the most likely outcome is that he stays in Buffalo this to me strikes more as a what might this mean for the long term in Stefan for Stefan Diggs in Buffalo and could next year be the year when it comes to a head? And it reminded me that there are so many things that you should envy about the Bills right now. They've got a fantastic quarterback, they've got a great defense, they've got excellent front office head and coaching staff. They're gonna have a new stadium soon. Also hardcore, incredible fan base. Great fan like base. They really yeah. But this team might secretly be under as much pressure as anybody in the NFL this season because back-to-back years are the really bad taste left in their mouth. Mm-hmm. And if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, it's going to start to be one of those, like, the conversation might shift to, will Kinda we like ever the, do it? The Buffalo Bills of oh, yesteryear, you know? Lots of visits. Yeah. Is Josh Allen going to gonna be game. one of those, like a Jim Kelly or a Dan Marino, wow. guys that we talk about how they're incredible, but we're never able to get their team over the hump? It's so weird, though, Field, when you talk about this, because mm-hmm. how often in the offseason do we hear these things come from players or their agents? Right. And everything about this coming, like directly starting with the coach, is so Correct. strange. Usually it's the anonymous sources that, right. are, that are in, or, and that you can. If you read between the lines, you know, oh, that's the player. That's the player's agent. That's that's stirring the pot, so right. to speak. This is the team, the team, the head coach saying, mm-hmm. "I'm very concerned." It's I- almost like he was sending a message to him. But what's weird to me was when I found out he was in the building. Yeah, yeah like yeah. if if he were completely remote, and it was like we're going to get this message to him yeah. by saying we're concerned. Where are you? And I was like, well. He's down the hall. Why are we hearing about it out here? What, what's practice? so surprising is, let's let's just do a little like a reenactment of this. <laughs> Daniel's the reporter. Uh, Daniel, ask me about attendance. I'm Sean McDermott here. <clears throat> Sean uh, noticed that uh, you've had some comments here about Stefan Diggs. You're worried about him not being at practice? Hey, you know, Daniel, not a big deal here. We're really focused on the guys that are here today. Stefan's all good. You guys know where we stand with him. Yeah. Looking forward to him being a big part of the offense again this season. All right. Let's talk about... Uh, and then I would move on to something else because right. that's the end of that's it. it. That's it. That's hey. all that Sean McDermott needed <laughs> yeah. to say. I could probably say less. Hey, no big deal. We totally get it. We're on the same page with Stefan. Like why introduce? It feels like the same way that, that coaches and teams say to players, the way you address this is not in public for everybody. 
It's like bills. Why does it feel like you're saying they're trying to send a message? What are you addressing in public that you didn't do this like independently with Stefan behind closed doors? It's it's so weird. So just just to put a pin it all for fantasy purposes, I'm not like if you're a team that needs a wide receiver, I'm not getting your hopes up that like your team should go make a first round pick offer for Buffalo for (laughs) Stefan Diggs. I still think the most likely outcome is he plays for the Bills. And by the way, they need him. I know that they they have Josh Allen, but that wide receiver group beyond Stephon Diggs is a question mark. Right. That's one of the reasons why they were often mocked to take a wide receiver in round one. They instead went with Dalton Kincaid, who might function as a receiver in Buffalo. But a bizarre day, to say the least, for the Bills. Not one that we usually see play out how it did, especially from that organization. Heck yeah. All right, so um, really fun show. We haven't yeah. had a news-based show in a while, well, probably that, since like What March. does that tell you? Football is getting closer. Getting closer. Right. I'm telling you, you can smell yeah. it in the yeah. air right now. Football is some 85 or so and days lest away. you think that the dark weeks <clears throat> when there's nothing going on and everyone's away from the facility are not filled with news, you would be mistaken. At so you want point, DeAndre Hopkins is going right. to find a team. And Dalvin, Dalvin Cook's going to find a team. And somebody's going to get hurt doing something silly away from the team. And you're going to watch rounders all while that's happening. You guys are going to teach me chess. I need a no. book report the same way we did with Kyle <laughs> a while week, ago. Stefania will literally be in Central Park of New York as the grandmaster of That's all chess. <laughs> uh, we are back next week. Same time, same place. Be sure to continue to download and uh, listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And check out the show on YouTube. We're having a lot of fun over there for Stefania and Daniel on Field. We'll talk to you guys again next week. I can't believe the chess thing. Happy birthday to my brother. Happy birthday, Stefania's brother. Hey. Oh, he knows what chess Jonathan. is. Jonathan does. Jonathan's a smart one. If you need a stick of tide, Field is your guy. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay. And you know that it's a fact. He's on TV every day. A spicy tomato who's got the stats and tweets that'll make you laugh. He's our favorite host and everybody knows his name. He's Field Yates. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.